What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. The war in Gaza between Israel and Hamas has cost thousands of lives. It has also caused fear, heartbreak, and anger across the world, including here in Chicago, which is a city with large Jewish and Palestinian populations. Over the last few weeks, we've been thinking deeply about how to address all this on the show. The Rundown co-host and Metro reporter at WBEZ, Adornami Gade, was thinking on it too and decided to look into how religious leaders in Chicago are talking with their congregations about the conflict. And this felt like the best place to start. I asked Adora why she decided to talk with these folks. Primarily because the Israel-Hamas war does have a lot of religious rooting, right? There are a lot of reasons for it. Ethnic, geographical, but religious is a primary reason Mm -hmm. for the conflict. Therefore, people of different faiths have very differing viewpoints on the war. And then also I wanted to speak with religious leaders because people turn to them for spiritual consoling Mm. and people turn to them to make meaning of things in their lives. And so I thought it would be helpful to see how local faith leaders are helping people here with strong, passionate opinions and stake in what's happening abroad, how they're helping people deal with that. Adora talked to four religious leaders here in Chicago. I spoke with a Muslim sheikh. A lot of people might know that word as sheikh. That's a Muslim scholar. A Christian pastor and two Jewish rabbis. One is a self-described anti-Zionist and one is a self-described Zionist. We're going to hear from all four, starting with two Jewish rabbis with distinctly different views of the conflict. Like Adora said, one of the rabbis is a self-described Zionist which means he supports the creation and protection of a Jewish state in the Holy Land, a state we've known as Israel since 1948. The other rabbi is a self-described anti-Zionist. He rejects the idea that the Jewish people have an exclusive right to that land. We'll get into that a little bit more in a minute, but let's start with Rabbi Michael Siegel, who identifies as Zionist. Rabbi Michael Siegel is the senior rabbi at Anshe Amet Synagogue. That's on the north side in about the North Halstead neighborhood. So he's basically coming from the vantage point that the October 7th attack of Hamas on Israel amounted to like the highest number of Jewish deaths since the Holocaust. So for him, it's very clear that this war could possibly represent the like extermination of Jewish people globally. So it's very serious for him. Hmm. And also for people at his synagogue, they know people in Israel. They have family members in Israel. They have friends there. And this isn't just like a distant place that they're hearing about on the news. This is loved ones in their most intimate circles who are being impacted by the violence. And here he is talking about that. I would say most have strong ties to the land of Israel. They have visited Israel Many were born in Israel, um, or they have families, family and friends who they're very close to in Israel who have been affected. We have people in the congregation who have lost family members. 
although he doesn't see Israel as being a perfect state. Israel has, is, is not perfect on this issue. He's also making sure that people try to remember Israeli history, why the state of Israel was founded from a Zionist perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important that the state of Israel exists because Jewish people otherwise had no homeland anywhere else and were always being killed or forcibly moved from anywhere that they'd lived. Mm. What types of conversations is he having with people in his congregation? How is he addressing them during this time? They've been hosting vigils. Um, They're trying to remember their loved ones who are abroad and just try to keep their memories alive. And they're also praying for an end to the war. And he particularly thinks as a rabbi, his role is to make people really think of God in this time. And I think he worded it really interestingly when he was telling me at some point in our interview about what he really thinks the role of religion broadly is. If we can't inspire people to dream of a better day, then what are we doing? That's what religion is. Religion is there to make us better. Religion is there to raise us up. Religion is there to see the spark of God in every human being. And if we're not doing that, then we need to think more carefully about how we are uh, ascribing to our religious beliefs. I guess just what I took away from that is that he's calling people to a self-examination that if your religion is not personally elevating you or driving you to deeper empathy, then are you practicing it well? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to the next faith leader. You also talked to another rabbi who identifies as anti-Zionist. Rabbi Brant Rosen of Zadik. He's in Chicago. Tell me about him. Rosen is very much considered a leader in the anti-Zionism space. His synagogue, Zadik Chicago, was actually one of the first in the United States to declare itself anti-Zionist explicitly. They were non-Zionist before, but intentionally moved to the wording anti-Zionist to show like how strongly they feel about the position. So I'll read you something that they wrote in their value statement from when they were non-Zionist and then something from when they moved to Mm anti-Zionist. So while we appreciate the important role of the land of Israel in Jewish tradition, liturgy and identity, we do not celebrate the fusing of Judaism with political nationalism. We are non-Zionist openly acknowledging that the creation of an ethnic Jewish nation-state in historic Palestine resulted in an injustice against its indigenous people, an injustice that continues to this day. Hmm. But then they made the move to the term anti-Zionist because, and this is their wording again on their website, quote, it is becoming increasingly difficult to deny the fundamental injustice at the core of Zionism. Given the reality of this historic and ongoing injustice, we have concluded that it is not enough to describe ourselves as non-Zionist. We believe this neutral term fails to honor the central anti-racist premise that structures of oppression cannot be simply ignored. On the contrary, they must be transformed. Hmm. So that's where he's coming from as an anti-Zionist Jew. Is that unusual then, would you say? Yes, that's definitely unusual. To take a stand this strong... It, it's like um, very definitive. This level of strength and that response is rare. Oh. 
What did Rabbi Rosen have to say about the conflict right now as it's unfolding? For him, it just makes him feel unsettled to the point where he has to literally be out with his body doing something in response to the conflict. Mm. Here's him talking about that. This is a moment of very deep moral reckoning for us, maybe the most important moment of moral reckoning that any of us will experience in our lifetimes. And I think history will judge what did we do when this moment came. So for him, it's like, why isn't the world out in the streets trying to respond to this, trying to do something about this? Mm -hmm. And for him, it's very simple that because it's this moment of deep moral reckoning, he has to go do that. He has to at least be saying something and doing something because history is going to judge him for this moment he really feels. I don't know why the world isn't out on the streets right now, quite frankly. So I mean, for me, it's a very simple answer to that question. This is where I have to be. What do you make of such disparate feelings between these two people um, within the same faith? It really just showed me the diversity of faith and religion and interpretation and narrative. Mm. Because, yeah, these people profess the same faith, but the things that they told me and the reasons for what they believed were so completely opposite of one another. Mm -hmm. Like, even the language didn't overlap in many ways. So... Yeah, I I just came out of it with a deeper appreciation for how diverse people's viewpoints are. Speaking of diversity, you spoke also with a Muslim faith leader. Tell me about him. Sheikh Trenton Carl is the co-founder of Sacred Roots Muslim Community in Pilsen, and he is very much proudly a pro-Palestinian Muslim. So when he talks to his community about the war, he's really focused on trying to educate people to action and call them to action. So, for example, he wants people to call their local senators and demand a ceasefire in Gaza. Um, He's been helping host things like documentary screenings at the center so that people can learn about the history of the conflict. And something else his community did was actually attend the funeral of the six-year-old Palestinian-American who was stabbed 26 times. His name is Wadea Al-Fayoumi. The suspect in that crime recently pleaded not guilty, um, but authorities do suspect that this was religiously motivated hate crime. Mm -hmm. So for him, that six-year-old being killed was kind of a tipping point for their community where... Just like Rosen was saying, they have to go respond. They have to be out there. Our community cannot just bottle it up. There has to be work for change, and that includes political work as well. So he's trying to educate people on three levels. One, he wants people to practice justice and learn more about the concept of justice. Two, he wants people to listen to media and consume media with a critical ear and Just look at how the conflict is being talked about, in what framing, who is being posed as the main character, why are they being posed as the main character? Is passive voice being used to describe anyone? Why is passive voice being used to describe anyone? So a real increase in media literacy. And then also he wants to teach people about the history of the conflict. So those three elements give our community a sense of ownership of the concepts that are important to interrogate. Um, But then it allows them to not just grieve. If it was just 
prayer, it would just be a sense of grief. We're looking for a self. But we need to activate our our calling to be witnesses and to be maintainers of justice on the planet. It's interesting. I'm hearing these very proactive words and, and stance from both Rabbi Brant Rosen and from Trenton Carl. Um, even though they're one, one might presume that they would be on two separate sides of, of, of this conflict. Absolutely. And I also think um, that even Michael Siegel in his own way is trying to respond in a way that is active, or I think he would try to say that too. And I think for all three of these people we've talked about so far, like something that rings in common for all of them to me is that like they think prayer is the starting point of everything. And then from there, they want action to spring. You also spoke to a Christian reverend. Um, It seems pretty obvious to me why you would talk to a Jewish person, why you would talk to a Muslim person. Give me a sense of why you wanted to bring in this Christian faith leader. Well, Christians have skin in the game, too, even though this is not their direct conflict. I think Christians also claim the Holy Land, basically. So that history Mm. is important to them and their faith. I also spoke to a Christian leader just because it's a majority faith here, too. It would be Mm -hmm. interesting to see how people in their congregations are responding and how they want people to respond. Yeah, for sure. Um, So the Christian reverend, you talked to Reverend David Black. He's a First Presbyterian Church of Chicago. Um, Tell me about him. So he really struck me in terms of he is very intentionally not taking a solid political stance on this. Mm. He said, you know, he's not coming at that from a like frou-frou both sides kind of thing. But he's just saying from his own personal visit to Israel and Palestine in 2018 and talking to Palestinians and Israelis, he just came away thinking like, wow, you know, both sides really feel like victims here. Both sides really Mm -hmm. feel oppressed in this conflict. And he wants people to hold those two narratives in tension with one another and not kind of just easily throw away one or the other. Here he is explaining that. You can tell both stories that like this is the largest amount of Jewish deaths since the Holocaust. And you can also tell the story about uh, 5,000 Palestinians in less than a month. And many, many, many of those are children and Those are both true stories. And I think anger drives us to say that one of those stories is truer than the other. And the reality encompasses all of it. He seems to really be acknowledging that there's there's two different sides here. Depending on your leanings, you might be on one side or the other. He's kind of sitting in a gray area. Can you talk about his place in all of this? I think he really wants people to not try to solve for that gray area and not haphazardly try to find an answer. Like, sure, do more research, educate yourself, learn more, but allow yourself to be uncomfortable with the fact that there are two very opposing narratives here. He says basically a way that people can avoid being in that gray area is just by, like, being angry. And that being angry is kind of like a reactionary emotion. But that maybe before being angry, just let yourself grieve how sad the situation is. Mm. It's kind of choosing the emotion that is most compassionate 
yeah, yeah. and more difficult maybe to be with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else you would say about this, Adora? So even though it's a really complicated situation that's hard for many of us to understand, particularly if you haven't been following this conflict up until now, I think the faith leaders would say, like, it's important not to just cop out and kind of both sides it and ignore the issue. I think that all of these leaders would not want you to sit and feel helpless in the face of this war, but that they would want you to be moved to do something, to learn more, to go out in the streets, whatever that is. Yeah. Adora Namigade is a Metro reporter here at WBEZ. Adora, thank you. You're welcome. If you are looking for some reading on the background of this conflict, a couple of the faith leaders gave Adora book recommendations. So if you want a Zionist perspective on what's going on, Rabbi Michael Siegel recommended the book Israel, A Concise History of a Nation Reborn by Daniel Gordis. Then an anti-Zionist perspective is called The Hundred Years' War on Palestine, A History of Settler Colonialism and Resistance from 1917 to 2017 by Rashid Khalidi. And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleve and Natalie Moore for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. And The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. And we love to hear from you, listener. Email us with your thoughts, any questions you have. Tell us what you want to hear on the show. You can email therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Monday. 